Oh, howdy, folks. This is uh, Andre Alapati here from uh, the Hunters Club. Thought I'd do something a bit new and do a bit of uh, podcasting. Oh, well, I probably wouldn't even call this a podcast. It's probably half of that. Um, just wanted to catch up with a few people in the industry and guys that I've worked with in the past. And uh, I thought I'd kick the first one off with um, Cam Henderson. He's uh, pretty well known at the moment. He's the uh, editor and producer from uh, the Hunters Journal. Uh, how you going, Cam? Good, man. Been looking forward to catching up with you because... Like I said, it's just getting a week before and at home, so I need to talk some more hunting with. Uh... Oh, no, man, I'm 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 pretty uh, gutted that we didn't get a chance to lock horns in that uh, in that raw hunt. I got got skilled there with the um, the virus lockdown, so another hunt that you and I are supposed to do has gone under the uh, under the bus. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you didn't like. I'm, I'm grateful that we got a few days in there, but I guess in the end you didn't miss out on too much. But... Yeah, I know. Caden was, was saying that it was, uh, you know, between the weather and uh, the time, it wasn't uh, wasn't ideal. But uh, you know, times we live in at the moment, mate. Hey, why don't we crack into this? I um I just wanted to catch up to with you and and, and maybe give uh, people a bit of insight and in, into what is what you've been doing and, and, and some of the stuff that uh, we've been seeing up on screens lately. And um, probably a good starting point, I reckon, be the obviously you guys just launched your um, your short film, The Wildfire. Uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday right um it was awesome like as a as a seeker hunter myself and uh and and obviously a hunter it was it was pretty top shelf stuff there that you, you guys uh captured there how, how did you going into it did you think it was going to be you know that kind of that it was going to play out that way for you guys um the the hard thing with this film especially when it came to the editing was we, we decided to go on a couple of trips and bring the camera to cut something up, but we kind of just jumped straight into it. And so uh, we'll, we'll definitely plan to do some more in the future, but for this one, it was kind of like, we just jumped into it, did it, did the hunts, and it took like seven or eight months before I actually started to get into the editing because we just got to a point where we had looked at some of the footage and we're like, fuck, this is cool. And so that's when we decided to do like a film premiere and then that gave me a deadline to, to edit it all up. And, uh, but yeah, like basically we, we went into that with no plans really. It was just like Khan was going to give it a crack with the bow. Um, cause he was, yeah, he, he was new to that. And then I just decided to give it a go with the camera. <laughs> the old Khan, he was pretty lethal on that, uh, behind the string there. I'll have to, I'll have to get him on and, uh, have a chat with him. Um, with the, uh, you know, like bouncing from the North to South Island, um, did you, I guess going from hunting out in the open tussock uh, and that initial uh, animal and being back up in the North Island, was it, did it make your job harder in terms of filming and trying to tie both sort of settings together or was it something you just sort of, you're able to do pretty naturally? Oh, it was, it was easy to do naturally and it's not like, because for me, like when, when I'm, when I've got my camera in the hand, I'm just relying on the hunter to, to do his thing. Well, like obviously, I'll still hunt with Khan, and um, and we'll make plans together and uh, make plans and whatnot. But um, like I hadn't ever hunted up in the North Island before for Seeker, and so yeah, like I'm definitely used to you know the big the big mountains, open open tussock country. But um, man, filming the Seeker in the bush it was like difficult. It was difficult in the way of lighting because. Filming under a bush cover is so damn hard because you've got the sun that comes in and it lights everything up. I'm just trying to make it sound quite basic. Um, 
and makes everything quite bright. Meanwhile, the shadows are really dark and a camera struggles with that. But the other thing that was quite difficult about it was I didn't realise how damn sneaky they were. Yeah, that, because they are. They're just like, and that, I think that element of them makes them so addictive for a lot of North Island hunters. Um, so yeah, I think your portrayal of it and what you guys did in the bush there was uh, was outstanding. And, and obviously the um, Lady Luck was on Khan's side there, managing to slip a few arrows into numerous animals, which was which was uh, which was pretty cool to watch. Um, and yeah, like like you said, I. I I mean, I'm obviously not a cameraman myself, but I, I've been involved with a, a few of you guys to know how difficult that can be, um, especially around lighting and stuff like that. But I, I think it came across across great. Um, is there anything sort of like, is there anything sort of, behind, I mean, I'm, I'm going to leave, I don't want to ruin it for, for, for the viewers. If you haven't watched it, like head over to um, the Hunters Journal website or, or check out their YouTube channel because it's definitely worth, uh, worth the time to watch that. It's beautifully shot and uh, Cam's done a great job. Not, not taking anything away from you, Khan. You, you're definitely the talent behind the string too, but um, get over and watch that. Is there, is there any sort of behind-the-scenes story, something that maybe the viewer doesn't know about that that uh, that short film that you want to sort of shed some light on with, with us? Um, there's there's a few things, and, and this is one thing that I'm really bad at, but Dave excels in, is I, I'm not always recording, and so... And so, like, the walk-in, I don't think I captured that very well because that was an absolute bitch of a walk-in. And, you know, it gets to a point where you get bush-bashing through scrub and you've kind of got to put the camera away. And so, for a lot of the walk-in, I took the camera in the pack. Um, and so, I didn't capture a lot of that hard slog and, and on the way out. So, that was definitely something that I let down was showing off how tough that walk was actually in there because, you know, we got... We got to a boundary that we could fly in with Heli Seeker, and then it was another. Took us probably seven hours to get into the camp. If you don't see any of that behind the scenes, I mean, on on the film, that's what happened. And then, um, and then the biggest one is probably that first stag, the Khan shoots. And um, yeah, I had to put in a little bit of iPhone footage that Clay got because, um, like I said, man, like when, like what I'm used to filming with animals in the rut is like. With stags, yeah, you can hear them and you know they're coming and you can hear them just smashing through the bush or they're roaring. Meanwhile, this this seeker that came up, um, he just like snuck up through the bush and I just spotted him before before even Khan had spotted him. And then this is where my creative side shot me in the foot because I was like, I saw him coming in and I envisioned a shot with the longer lens and I was like, wicked. So I put the big camera down, which shoots more of a wider angle, and got out my longer lens, and I pulled it up. And the annoying thing about the Fuji was it's got locks on the buttons for the exposure for the shutter and aperture and ISO. And so I pulled it up, and, and I was just thinking, shit, shit, I can't, I can't do anything here. But it's too late to put it back down. And so Khan, Khan took a shot, drilled the stag, um, and then he was all excited, and I was just kind of standing there. He looked oh, at me. Oh, look, hey, look, yeah, I know, that, I, I know what that's like. I'm obviously not behind the, the lens like you are, but when when those sorts of things creep in, it duffs the duffs the sequence. But to be in in there with a camera, I think it was like three of you in that situation was pretty impressive. And have have him walk in like that and, and be able to get an arrow into him was, uh, yeah, like I was just I was sort of like caught in the moment watching it myself, just sort of feeling the pressure. And I, I kind of feel that it worked the way that you edited it, it kind of worked 
because it was all this sort of like build up and then suddenly it just like oh i want to see what happens and it doesn't it kind of keep it kind of grips you to what's going on and you see the little cutaway of the iphone stuff but it's still i i feel it kind of works on that um sort of on that same it's a good segue i guess um in terms of like your creative process and you you just talked about some of the technical things like in the field having to sort of carry cameras and like you know if, if anyone knew how much those cameras are worth and pulling them in and out of rain wet dropping them and stuff you you tend to treat them um with a bit of respect i know dave dave's probably a little bit brazen with his but um those sort of things you don't want to be uh getting wet or damaging but um in terms of your creative process like going into into trips like that or even into some of the things you've filmed in the past for other other clients or other people um what's your sort of process when it comes to telling a story from behind the lens like do you go in with it with a set sort of idea of what you're going to come out of it or do you do you film it all as it is and then come back to the editing suite and then just sort of build the story out of what sort of unfolded do you ever go in with preconceived ideas or you sort of in retrospect so so when i first started out every so this is talking specifically about hunting right when i do other projects for other brands outside of hunting if it's snowboarding skating whatever yeah yeah you put together a plan of how the video is going to look you go in there you shoot it and then you edit it to how you want it and i used to try to do that with hunting when i first started out and man it's just frustrating because you cannot set a plan for how it's going to play out you know like um hunting is just you yeah you just have to wait and see what really happens so so yeah the whole thing is capturing it as it goes and then pulling together the story um in the editing suite and so but to, so when you're in the moment and it's all happening the only real creative process that i've got or or ticklish is when i'm it's quite hard to explain but say when something happens when you're filming and this is kind of the difference between photo and video when you're filming something you get your shot and it's beautiful and it's a great shot but you have to have a sequence leading up to that shot and a sequence leading out of it that you can you know, they can transition to, into something else. So, so the biggest thing is just recognizing some of those key moments in a hunt. And, and it's quite simple, really, like, you know, getting there, that's, that's a key moment. So depending on how long your video is, whatever you're doing, you just need to capture enough shots for that. Um, if you get a shot of an animal dying, then obviously you need the sequence of how you got there and going into all those details. And so you just have to keep in mind all that. Yeah, but um, I think, I think you're, you're talking about a process that like a lot of people see the stuff that goes because everyone's digesting their media like on their phone pretty much as easy as that. And the process that you're talking about, like even myself being a hunter and not someone that had much to do with um, cameras and filming and creating a TV show, like that process, I didn't realize how valuable it is to have that preconceived, like you're saying, not not the story, but just those 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 key things and being able to build sort of ins and outs from them and and sequences and, and whatnot um do you do you go like in terms of like all your crispy creamy awesome shots that you take and and the stuff that you film do you how do you pack are there, are there certain things that you always want to tick off on your list you've already mentioned you've got a list that you sort of tick off roughly that you want to get to depict something like i don't know crossing a river or or getting to camp or, or like the walk and like you say are there, are there certain shots that you like it's really hard because I, I know you well enough and i've seen the stuff you produce i'm just trying to sort of drag draw out of you a little bit more like technical sort of um filming yeah, yeah. 
that, that's good. I just, to be honest, I think the way that I think about it now, just all of this now, that's how to explain it. But I would say getting specific shots is like muscle memory for shooting a basketball or something where you're just so used to it that it just happens naturally and you've kind of, you know, you've got your style and the only thing that changes is your surroundings. So on every trip that I do, I've got muscle memory of getting tights of this and wanting this and that. That's kind of like my muscle memory. So I do it without thinking. It's just the only change is your surroundings. So you're inspired by, you know, how the light's coming into this river and, and whatnot. So yeah, I'd, I'd say just because when you've been filming so much, you're just used to what you get. That's your muscle memory. Meanwhile, for someone starting out, they're still working it out. They're still trying to get their technique. And it won't be after years before you can just go into a hunt with the camera and just know exactly how to get what shots fit your style. Yeah. Oh, so. That's awesome to hear. And like, I know, because the good thing about yourself is you've got some background in hunting. You've been hunting for a for a long time and, and you're also uh, a pretty proficient uh, cameraman. So you've got the benefit to be able to tie over, uh, you know, from both sides of the fence here, which I think is quite cool. I definitely enjoy uh, being out on the hill with, with you when I've had the chance to get out there while we're on the topic of uh, filming and that sort of stuff. Um, what's like one or two tips you could give the budding uh, photographer or filmmaker um, out on the hill or filming their own hunts? What do you think? One, one to two things that you could give people that would uh, help them sort of up their level of game? I would say filming while something's happening. That's probably the biggest thing. So instead of recording something like, oh, this just happened. And, and this is a lot harder than, than what I make it sound out, obviously, because you're hunting you're in the moment. But when something's happening, you want to have the camera on you if you're talking about it and be like, this is happening right now. The stag's going instead of it all happening, you've got the animal down and you're like, so we came through, you know, we came down this ridge and we heard him roaring over here. So we got the wind right and explaining it in like a, in a past tense instead of being like filming it saying, we're walking down this ridge now. We're trying to work out what the wind's doing. We can see here and use that process because like, yeah, I, I, think, I think that's a real important one. Um, a more practical tip that people can start doing now is probably if you want to start filming your, your own hunts, I would say pick up one of those new GoPro heroes because the audio in them is amazing and they're now stabilized. And so I've just seen Khan use one on his Wobbity hunt and it made such a big difference. I would have one of those because they're so small, you can have it in a pocket anywhere, it's got good audio and it's going to keep it steady. And then if you use a GoPro in the way that I was just explaining, recording stuff as it's happening, I don't think it'll be away. <laughs> Man, it's a crazy, eh? Like, since starting this whole process, how much that technology's improved. Like, I remember those initial GoPros, how, how trash the footage was and just how, you know, non they are. But now those things are amazing. I, I think you're right. I, I think it's, there's some truth to be uh, said there about, you know, producing stuff like your, the the camera that's that's best for the job is the one that's right on you and right in your hand that you can that you can capture stuff in the moment. I think too. And I think one of the tips that you've thrown me in the past, um, just talking on the hills, is 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 capturing the sort of emotion and, and things that you, people don't often focus on. You know, it's it's all this wider stuff, but really the cool things sometimes are those real little nuggets of uh, of uh, sort of um, 
authenticity and like genuineness from people, you know, expressions and stuff like that. I think it's pretty, pretty cool. And and yeah, obviously there's so many tips that you know you can that you can give, but I'm just trying to simplify it so people can actually remember it because then they're practical. Yeah, exactly like you're saying, that's another real key one is that emotion. And you can, if you want to get a bit more creative with it, then you just need to look at everything in detail. And so if the emotion is frustrating, is, is frustration, then show different ways to show that, like someone clenching their fist, swearing under their breath. Just try be ready to capture that. You don't have to say, oh, I'm frustrated because that doesn't feel as real. But if you can just capture one, just, you know, if you can film someone as they're going, you know, like that's, that's the emotion everyone knows. Same with all of them. No, I think um, I think your your uh, films and your footage um, sort of sets you apart for sure. Um, and, and and like all the other, including Dave, like the, the guys that are good at it, they're, they're you guys are good at telling stories and and being able to do that through the lens. I think is uh, is pretty cool. And obviously being uh, pretty handy with that that thing in your hands, uh, you've had some pretty op- awesome opportunities in the uh, in the last couple of years to work with some real big dogs in the industry. I know. Um, I uh, even had Pedro Pedro give me a, a bell at one stage asking to, um, to get you on board. And, uh, and I know, you know, names like Adam Greentree pop up and some of the big dogs from, from uh, Mountain Ops. What's it been like working with some of the best in the business, not only here in New Zealand, but, but internationally? Um, it's, it's epic, man, because like one thing, I, I'm quite skeptical of people on their social media, you know, like, okay. Because obviously anyone can portray whatever they want to their social media. And so originally when I started going on those hunt for those people, that was always on my mind, like, what's this person actually going to be like? And I've been fortunate that, that those big names that I've gone out hunting with have just been epic. Okay? Like, they they are what they come across on their on their social. Like, you know, if you, if you follow Pedro on Instagram, you know that he's a phenomenal bow hunter. And then when I went on that hunt with him, unfortunately he got the most of the trip but just his wealth and knowledge his shooting his determination everything it's like yeah that stacks up with it and same with um with like adam and kimmy you know you know you see them as this hardcore couple that was exactly it on the hill and um and like a cool thing that i found with with adam in particular with, or with adam and kimmy in particular is you see that he posts a lot on his story and so you can imagine him walking around a hunt just with his phone out the whole time but that's actually not it oh man like, I, I i don't know adam that well I, I chat to him every now and then but like i imagine him i literally because he's like if you look at a hunt he's just got so much stuff coming out in his 15 second stories i'm just like this guy must be walking around with his camera like constantly yeah. taking taking yeah. stories but um yeah and, and that's, that's what i thought <laughs> but no it's not it's just like he, he's real invested in the hunt and and the people that he's hunting with and he does his own thing just every now and then he'll whip it out record it put it away until the next yeah. time that he it comes back to being able to tell story like tell stories if you're using video as a medium then uh you know you don't want to be just like these 20 minute long just endless uncut clips like you can tell stories with these sort of short sharp sort of sequences and uh and he does a pretty good job of it um likewise with pedro like I mean, he obviously makes uh, films and, and does stuff for TV too, but like he's he's pretty masterful on the, uh, uh, you know, on the Insta story and, and other mediums. And other guys that sort of stick out in my mind are guys like sort of Remy Warren and, and guys that are able to construct these little short stories. He does more with photos and stuff, but it's pretty cool. 
um, yeah, that hunt that you did up to uh, Asia with with Pedro looked like a real ball breaker. Not only just the just the hunt itself, but the logistics, what went down on that, and like even his trials and tribulations of trying to trying to um, achieve his goal. But um, I, I remember at the time you messaging me like stuff you know that you were doing at the time, and I was thinking, oh man, that sounds like I've thrown you in the deep end there a little bit. But you know, it's, it's... yeah. Well, he... He, he just messaged me the other day, and it's been ages, but he said that he's finally edited up the film for that. So I am looking forward to seeing that, because I shot that one, but didn't edit it, because he, he can edit, so. I remember him actually just sending me, a, like I say, just sending him a message, because we obviously, he lives in Spain, but like sends, sends a message saying, hey, what do you reckon of this guy, this kid, Cam Henderson, you heard of him? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I know Cam. And he's like, oh, look, is he, is he okay behind the camera? And I was just like, Take him with you. you you'll, it'll be awesome. And and knowing that the hunt that he was going on was going to be real, you know, like how often do you get to go and do stuff like that? You know, it's um, it's, it's that, awesome. And initially with him because he wants to do a Skype interview with me, and I'm real confident in, in interviews and, and whatnot. And so so I went into it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to smash this. And about halfway through, I was like, I'm not feeling this. I'm not going with him. And, and, we, and we ended up, I was like, I totally busted up because I couldn't understand half of what he was saying. And he couldn't understand half what I was saying. And he was real like, hmm, yeah, okay, all right. And then, and so, and so I was like, oh, I, I guess I'm not going on that trip. But then he, he, he flicked me an email saying, yeah, we'll take you. And I was like, wicked, mean, all right. So I jumped on the plane and I've told this story of me getting absolute shit-faced on the plane. And so I turned up at Hong Kong and I accidentally uploaded some videos to my Instagram of me real drunk on the plane. And he just sent me a real serious message being like, are you hungover, dot, dot, dot? And I was like, oh, slightly. And I was like, man, I've already, I've already pissed him off. But as soon as we met up and we got into those Altai Mountains, just like two good mates. And yeah, man, that, the, 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 the photography and the... And in reading the story, and obviously it was in the Hunter's Journal too, like from from uh, that he wrote, was yeah, it's pretty cool, and it's awesome to see that you're that you're you know able to get over abroad and, and do some of this, do some of that stuff too. So uh, hopefully that, that that carries on for you, mate. And I know you've got a, a pretty uh, exciting sort of future ahead. You both, I mean, people don't know, but even so, I mean, she's a pretty handy photographer. You guys are pretty. Uh, it must be just like a creative hub at home. You guys are just running around with your cameras and just talking tech about photos and film but um, i think it's pretty cool because you guys are doing some pretty awesome work yeah well like on the on the international side i'm turning down way more hunts than you know what i'm because i like i had to turn down um a trip to russia to film uh hunting uh grizzly bears and I was like, damn, that's epic. But I just realistically couldn't go away for three weeks and film that. You know, that involved six-hour flight and a military helicopter and being on the snowmobiles and stuff. So I'm definitely getting plenty of invites for international stuff. But because I've got the magazine, I'm kind of focusing on New Zealand and Kiwis. And there's still so much that I can do here. So. Yeah, well, it's a good position to be in if you're a wanted man and uh, you've got these different avenues to walk down and, and, you know, given the current climate and stuff like that, you're probably you're well positioned to be able to sort of focus on one thing and then when things open up, you can probably do them at a later date. Um, but yeah, look, hey, I, I don't want to um, take up any more of your time, man. I really appreciate you coming on and having a chat to me um, and uh, giving us a bit of insight in, into what you do, man. I really appreciate it. 
No worries, bro. Oh, hang on. If you need to sign off there, we should actually read out some of these Instagram messages. Oh, that's right. There's some guys wanting to um to, to come in uh, on Instagram. We were actually going to do this live, but um, uh, due to a bunch of uh, restrictions, I couldn't couldn't do it. But anyway, um, I, I know there were some guys who wanted to ask some questions. Do you want to fire those through? Yeah. All right. Uh, this one's from <laughs> B Rockhill. I don't know. Um, how far? Oh, I'm I'm just reading this out, out as I read. It. How far travel do you guys travel from base camp hunting spots? Um. Sometimes we have shot animals at camp. Other times we've been away for 18 hours on foot trying to find stuff. Like <laughs> that one just always carries. Um, pack weights on multi-day trips. With camera gear, I haven't really weighed it, but I think the heaviest my pack has been is, was 35 kg. Um, but that was with a six-pack of beer in it. I always chuckle when we like when you're at the chog pad or you like loading up like you and Dave or whoever else is coming as cameraman. I'm just like freaking seeing that scales tip over 35, 40. I'm just like, mate, enjoy that. Yeah. Well, well I'm, I, I definitely cut down as much as I can compared to Dave. Yeah. <laughs> he's definitely the leg work, man. These guys, these guys haul some gear around. I tell you, like they're, they're no slouches with some weight on their backs. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, this one's for you, Andre. What's the best way to prepare Samba testicles? Oh, look, I'm, a, I'm probably going to take one out of Stephen Ranella's book and just, you know, a bit of butter and a nice cast iron pan, whip those nuggets out and, uh, and, and split them in half. Bit of time on each side and some butter. Good as gold, mate. Yeah, I've, I've never actually seen one cook them up. Does it, does it have quite a milky white texture to it? Yeah, I don't know if you've had. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's quite, it's quite um, firm, but it's sort of like if I had to, maybe like a firm row, like a fish row. It's kind of like that texture, but it's firmer, and doesn't taste like balls. It's you know, it's quite tasty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go one. Um, what camera, what camera was Cam using to shoot wildfire? What pound is your bow set on? Um, the camera that I was using to film wildfires, the Sony FS5, and then this Fuji film that I'm filming on, I've got one big camera, which is the FS5 for filming everything. Um, the main thing is the build, like how it holds in your hand, it's quite easy. You can put in um, multiple audio inputs, but then the Fuji film with 100 to 400, it's just, it, it just gets the most insane animal footage, just crystal clear. Um, Someone else said, how many hours of footage were recorded to come up with wildfire? Like I was saying before, I'm pretty careful on how much I record. Um, so my timeline with everything that was useful is probably about three hours. And I cut that down to about 30 minutes. Um, what's this? Oh, um, yeah, and then someone else said, what camera setup do you have for live animal photos? Um, yeah, that's the Fujifilm XF3. Just Google it. Um, it's a way more priced than what people think, but it's actually a really well priced um, camera. So just look it up if you if it's within your budget. Purchase the Fujifilm XF3. And then last one from Tyler Ophi. Why have I not got three thousand followers yet? Get Tyler Ophi to three thousand followers. Mike Tyler Ophi, get him up there. Yeah, like, yeah, if you're chasing followers, 
give them a hand, give them a leg up, hit the like button, subscribe, whatever else you need to do on Instagram, YouTube, help them out, team. Hey, yeah, thanks, Cam. I appreciate your time, man. It's always good to yak to you, and hopefully I can get on the hill with you sooner than later. Oh, I'm, I'm hanging out for it, man. I'm hanging out for it. Bloody hell, bro. Hey, good to chat, man. Appreciate it. You too. Have a good one.